All right, diary listeners, this is the last part of our journey with DJ Chuck Nunn or Nun Chuck, and we're calling this episode Onward and Upward, because aren't we all? Enjoy, listeners. Welcome to the Apprenticeship Diaries, where raw meets refined. Let's be real, we're still working on refined. <laughs> what it took, what it takes, and the stories that are made. Join us as we learn from professionals about how their stories begin. like prestigious like schools or things that you can go through like that I don't that know. people there recognize used to be some yeah um there used to be like a production school called uh and i might also do dj in um la called icon um i know that i think uh, icon collective my I ex went to called. omega school i believe was yeah. his yeah. audio school well and then for audio engineering in particular yeah. um the one I went to is called Sheffield Institute for the Recording Arts. Oh, it's, right a, on. it's a local place, but they've also they do a lot of you know real world work. Okay. Because um, they're you know not only a school but also a production company, so you can like hire them to run sound or video. Now is that pre DJ like before you? That's pre DJ. Okay, so yeah. you, you got a foundation. Of yeah. That. So the order of those events is me still being in a band, but I had the GI Bill that was about to run out, and right. I decided that. Uh, you know, I didn't get all the way through University of Phoenix to get a whole ass degree. Right. But I still had time left in my GI Bill, and you only get that for 10 years after you get out. Right. And I was running up on that. Right. So it's like, how do I get to use this and make it count for something? Right. Turns out you could go to that school, that audio school, oh. on the GI Bill. So I was like, well, this makes all the sense in the world. I wish I would have thought about this eight years ago. Right. So, um... So yeah, you know, still working full time, but then in the evenings going and doing that school, and it was like, like you were saying about when you find making a job out of something you love, like it's not, you know, it's not going to school after work. It's no. getting to go to the audio place after work because yes. I like doing this. Yes, um, and investing. Yes, yeah, so you know, just learn the ins and outs of being an audio engineer and in, in a studio and live. Um, so in that school was where, uh, they all ran on Apple computers, which I had like little to no experience with before. That's a learning curve in itself. Yes. But once I started working with them there, I was like, oh, I kind of like this environment and the way it works. Mm -hmm. So I went and got one. Nice. And, uh, every Apple computer comes with a program called GarageBand. Yes. And I was like, oh, that's exactly what I am working on. It's not Pro Tools, but it is GarageBand. So... Opened it up that, started going through it, and realized that, like, uh, I, it felt like when I started playing with the electronic music instruments that were built into GarageBand, I was like, I feel like I'm getting good results out of just using these, what's in the computer, you know what I mean? It was very, it was very quick wins in GarageBand to me. Um, to interject for a second, have you ever tried a persimmon? No. They're really Should good. I try it? <laughs> It looks like an orange apple. It's a local. It's a local. They look like an orange tomato. Mm-hmm. But they're sweet, aren't they good? And, dude, you gotta get them when they're like a stone. That's mm-hmm. when they're the best. When they're Isn't rock that hard, they have a Christmas. That's stone. his favorite fruit. Mm. It's got the texture of like an. Sorry, everybody, apple right but there. check out persimmons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're gonna raise the pear. price of all these bitches real quick because mm-hmm. Rico's telling everybody about them. <laughs> <laughs> He's like persimmon. <laughs> nice they're really good mm-hmm. I'm glad I tried that I have okay really like, I'm good <laughs> I think they'd be really good for baking honestly like in um they'd probably be really good on shortbreads like that would be a good shortbread something real buttery I don't know anyway total segment. so we were on how I got from Bands to DJing through school. Yes. So yeah, it's got the computer, started working with GarageBand. Like, oh, it, wow, it's fun making this electronic sounding music. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only electronic artist that, like, I would, felt like a, a name that, um, 
the first one I would think of, the name I had heard uh, from not being inside electronic music, being a rock guy, the only electronic guy that <laughs> came to my mind once I realized I'm making electronic sounding music. Durst. What? Durst. No, 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 no. Because he did it all solo, right? Nine Inch Nails was... Well, no, Durst was... That was Trent Reznor. Trent Reznor. Yeah, That's, yeah. I'm sorry. Trent yeah. Reznor. Um, Why did I think anyway, it was Durst? Anyway, I thought of the name Dead Mouse. I know. Well, I'm glad you could uh, fix yeah. me. That was... Without Trent knowing Reznor. anything about electronic music, that yep. was the name I had heard before. So yep. I started looking up his music and was like, this is cool. How do you perform this music live? Oh, you DJ it. Mm. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, and I don't know. And then through Loose of the Mind. So that gets me to DJing. How do you perform this music live? You DJ it. And then that about that time, and then, you know, band starts to fall apart. And I'm thinking, what can I do? You know, is there anything I can do on my own as my, my side hobby hustle? Right. Um, that I don't need to rely on anybody else to do it's just me and that's how i came along well there's djing well how do you make money at djing well i said to me like the correlation was a wedding dj is the same thing in the band world as a cover band mm-hmm. it's very similar you know yeah. what i mean you're playing for the client yeah um and so and that's like well how do you be a wedding dj let me find a djing company and see yeah. how they hire people and that's Yep. Then we get back to the story where I send the email and then go on a, yep. all the shadow gigs and realize this is cool. Let me get some equipment and start booking some weddings. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and like I said, I, I I prefer it. I don't know if it makes me any less an artist, but I don't see any less art involved. And I, I don't know. I think that there's no greater... Well, who's your audience and what do they expect? Well, and that's the thing, right? Like, you know what I mean? Does your right. does your audience expect to hear your songs they've never heard before? Right. Does your audience expect to see a painting that they uh, that doesn't you know that, that challenges them? Right. Does your audience expect to be challenged, or do they expect to be satisfied? Right. Um, I never said it like that, but no, I like that. Do they expect to be challenged or satisfied? Exactly. And then that informs. Do you want to challenge people or satisfy people? Yes. You know? Yes. There's, you know In today's I mean? world, they want both. It can be both. Though. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, it I depends mean, on the experience. No artist, yeah. You would yeah. never have the music to cover. Right. Yeah. True. Well, and it's, uh, you know, in commercial, you do always have to keep in mind that there is a client. Yeah. So, you know, whether... When it all comes down to it, that's yeah. what the client wants. Mm-hmm. That's your job. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, ideally, you want to be at the point where they hired you because they want you to do the thing you do. Right. Well, and but I, I feel like the uh, the things that become intrinsically yours is, is the thing that carries the whole experience through it. Because, um, you know, even if they contacted me or you because they had heard you know or say they were at a wedding that you mm-hmm. did and they were like oh he's really good i love mm-hmm. him um that's the initial like groundwork of that trust building that goes mm-hmm. into it and it's the same of like somebody sees one of my tattoos and then they meet with me for a consultation like the whole way through you're kind of building that whereas sometimes i don't necessarily get it i guess i do get it but I don't necessarily get it when um, somebody sees a pre-drawn piece and they want that. Like mm-hmm. I get it; it speaks to them, but like <clears throat> to me, that's a that's a mixed bag because mm-hmm. yeah, they might like my art or anything like that, but we don't we haven't had a back and forth at mm-hmm. all. Like there hasn't been an experience of who I am as a person, and I am gonna be mm-hmm. a, a deliverer of this this mm-hmm. service like i'm gonna have to be there i'm gonna have to tattoo you. you're gonna have to feel pain mm-hmm. like so the i like i like having to interact with the client and please them because i feel like it makes the whole thing better whereas if i'm standing defiantly on this is my art and everything mm-hmm. then you have somebody who has to be very supplicant i feel like to you and your craft alone and I never really like taking that position. Mm-hmm. Like I never like taking the like, I will do this and you sit there and you will mm-hmm. you will not say anything and you will let me do my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's not really like how I like to interact with people and yeah. I like that give and take. So yeah. um, I, I enjoy the commercial aspects of, of making art and interacting with people because um, for a lot of reasons, but it, it's, I really think that that's what art is meant to do is connect people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's meant to bring people together mm-hmm. and, um, and teach. It can really teach a lot. Uh, there was, you know, going back to like the digital media and how like there's a lot of things like, like you said, you know, they're releasing one song now mm-hmm. and it's becoming very expedited. Um, I don't think there ever will be a loss of people who really, really enjoy listening to music being played right up in there in front of their, you know, like there's yeah. not, that's not going to ever leave. There's a, um, the lead singer from a band called Hatebreed. I used to listen yeah. to his podcast a long time. Yeah. And he would always say about live music is like people, there's always going to be people who want just loud amps in the face. Yeah. That like that will never go away. There's always going to be yep. a, a, a market, an audience for that if that's what you want to do. Well, and, and the more, like I, I talked on uh, the Nomad Network on Jason Stapleton's mm-hmm. uh, thing. Uh, there was a guy who said, I got to learn how to, fix these machines because they they first they have the first fully automated McDonald's in mm. Texas apparently. And um I I was thinking about it, I was like, well, follow that through a little further because yes, initially, like they'll need <clears throat> to pay you to fix these mm-hmm. machines for sure. And that'll be a high commodity kind of job initially. Mm-hmm. But if you if we don't change as human beings and we stay human and as we are like at this kind of place, we don't integrate with technology and any kind of like we don't put chips in our head or anything like that. We just remain biologically human. I don't think that there will ever be a place where um, we don't seek that human connection. And I said, I, I honestly think that as machines take over more and more, the value to what everybody considers skillless, like, mm-hmm. you know, a McDonald's employee, for example, like, oh, you can be a teenager, no degree, whatever, and you can flip burgers, whatever. Um, but to say there isn't skill in that is not appropriate mm-hmm. because there is the employee that does that really well, efficiently, with a smile on their face. When you mm-hmm. hear somebody over, you know, an intercom and they're taking your order. Mm-hmm. You can hear it if they're having a terrible day or or not, you know. So I said to him, I was like, you know, I like to see it as the more these machines ramp up, the more what I have has very staunch value. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to go in the opposite way and connect with people because the more that we go in that direction, I feel like human beings are going to need a revival. They're going to need to touch back to a yeah. source that's Once real. they they lose that connection with that yeah. source of energy, even if they don't know that's what it is, yeah. something will be weird and different and off and like, I was happier when I talked to real people. Yes. It's that source of energy that people will come back to. Yeah. Well, and, and it's it's like anything, you know, you get that instant hit, that, that um, you know, that spike of endorphins and everything for that moment and, you know, you bought the $12 app and it gave you those whatever the thing is now, what is it called? Lenza? Yeah. Everybody's doing their portraits with and people are mad about. But like, you know, you do that, you spend $12, but then, you know, you have this whole other experience like they have with you where there's there's a whole day and it's surrounding this entire mm-hmm. moment that is one time and mm-hmm. rare. It's bell togetherness. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And I, I just think that that will always have a commodity and it will go up in value the more and more we go in this other Mm -hmm. really superficial direction yeah you can make a a spotify playlist and play that at your wedding but i promise you it's not going to be the same no you know what i mean (laughs) no because one you're not a dj and Mm -hmm. you're not reading a crowd in a moment yep and playing a song and be like wow well this crowd doesn't like this song maybe i should not go back to songs like this yeah or uh i just played this song and they sang every word along with it i should play like more songs in this same genre and time period that they love and then when they sing along to every one of those songs you know you made a right choice yeah you don't have that and they had a moment at their wedding where everybody was singing along together 
And That's so cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. They will end the night just having the greatest time with their friends, and then they will tell their friend who invited them to her wedding that they had a great time and they all sang along. They'll remember that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And like, because once you get the weddings, that's when it's almost, if you look at it, like the progression of people's lives, you know what I mean? You, I don't know, maybe you went to to college and met this person and you dated and then you, you know, spent college with that person and all your friends and everything you did together, even if you didn't notice, there was a soundtrack in the background. Yeah. And then maybe you graduated from college and you went off to your own jobs you stopped seeing each other as much anymore, but still sometimes, you know what I mean? When you did go out and had time to relax from your job, you went back to those same friends. Yeah. And there was a soundtrack to that. Yeah. Too. And then one day you, you, you decide you get married and now you're going to throw a big party for you and all your friends. Yep. And <clears throat> when you get there, like it's about nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I think at weddings. Yes. It's understanding mm-hmm. people's nostalgia and which, at least to me, I will always ask a couple, like, what were your college years? Or Well, and you're great for that because you started out with that 90s yeah. set pack. I, yeah. I now, <laughs> like, yeah, I know where my nostalgia yeah. is yep. and what hits that. And then that helped me understand, like, the generation before me. There was people who were there in 1973, which if you go back and look at all the classic albums and artists that were big in 1973... 73 was a huge year. Mm-hmm. Uh, go back and look at that. Because um, <laughs> I can imagine, like, in that time period, there would be... I mean, rock was king back then. Um, you know, R&B and soul, that was coming up, but it wasn't... Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It had yes. its place, but the main music was rock. Yeah. <clears throat> and you would have, like... Uh, uh, you had Leonard Skinner in 73 and the Allman Brothers. You also had, you know, we're talking about like the, that would be like the tail end maybe of the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be the tail end of yep. the Beatles, but the beginning of Led Zeppelin. Yes. Mm-hmm. And which is huge. Black Sabbath. Yes, which is And huge. so I always imagined myself if I was in the 70s, I would have been, and this is how it, and then it it had branched out to every other kind of music. I would have been a Black Sabbath kid above a Led Zeppelin kid. Yeah. Nothing wrong with Led Zeppelin. Yeah. I just love what Black Sabbath mm-hmm. did more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the later there were bands that were, at least to me, I can see a line where this band was more influenced by Black Sabbath and this band was more influenced by Led Zeppelin. Right. Do you know what I mean? Um, no, and I then you, you can cool. see where all that falls down through the, the genres and then, you know, uh, generations and time periods... When you were that age. So I was talking about being 12 years old and Nirvana, uh, Guns N' Roses and Metallica in 1992 being the biggest bands in the world. But what about the kid who was 12 years old in 2005? Right. What was the songs he was listening to or she? I know. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's my job to go back and know and figure that out and have a conversation, you know, talk with them and ask them. Look at their request list. P.O.D. Yeah. And that's another thing is being able to look at people's request lists and being able to infer like, oh, they put this song, this song, and this song on this list. Mm-hmm. Like they can be completely different genres and time periods, but those songs will tell me I can play this song and these songs, this yeah. song and these songs. Right. This, and you know what I mean? And then... Do people have a look? A look? What do yeah. you mean? Like when you look at somebody... Can you kind of picture what kind of person they are? Or do they surprise you a lot? I would say, like, for most of uh, what I do, um, I a lot of times I don't physically see what they look like until the day of the wedding. Got, oh, okay. So right it's mostly about conversation and asking questions, listening to their answers. Got you. And hearing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hearing them. You must get surprised a lot. Sometimes, I mean, like, because we'll do <laughs> consultations either, do a lot by phone, but also more by Zoom or something like that. Because I can admit, honestly, that if I hear just a little snippet about somebody or if I, like, hear certain amounts of information, I'll start picturing mm-hmm. somebody in my mind. Mm-hmm. And then when I meet them, I'm just, like, wildly amazed. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like, wow, you're so off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you're so off. <laughs> Which is really fun to, like, be surprised still, mm-hmm. you know, 41 years in. 
be like, oh. Oh, yeah. People sometimes will so always wrong. surprise you. Yeah. Because <laughs> there is so many uh, different variables in the human code mm-hmm. that everybody's... That's why everybody's an individual. Everybody's... You might be able to, to piece together presumptions about a lot of things about somebody, but not everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's going to be that one thing... Um, that you didn't see coming. Oh yeah. That will make that person make you remember that person forever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. I I didn't realize. Yeah, I, um, very rare do I ever uh, just have a phone com you know consultation with somebody. Mm-hmm. I usually like to either Zoom or mm-hmm. meet in person for for tattooing, but that's got to be fun. Yeah. So like doing it the other way, like just getting deets and then. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, hey! Yeah, well, I think it comes down to being skilled and knowing what questions you need to ask. Yes. And being able to listen between the words that they do say. Yes. Um, which should help you learn to ask other questions or at least know what they're saying without saying. The what not to playlist, I'm yeah. sure, is insightful that way. Yeah, like if they tell me yeah. they don't like, um, you know, they tell me they don't want to hear the Cupid shuffle. That's a line dance. Yep. But that also tells me they also don't want to hear yep. uh, the wobble, the electric slide, or like any other line dancing song. I know the they don't want to that. Ask. Yeah, which, which <laughs> and line dances are super polarizing because yes. some people will love them. Like mm-hmm. when you get a, cl- mm-hmm. uh, a group that all loves to dance together, nothing better than line <clears throat> dance. They yeah. all love it. Or some people view it as tacky and they don't want that at their wedding. Right. And. You know, that's knowing how to ask that question. Like, you yep. know. Now, have you played all kinds of different, like, Jewish, Indian, mm-hmm. Christian, like, mm-hmm. all the gauntlet? Yes, pretty much all at the same time. Man, I'm envious. Yeah. I always wanted to go to an Indian wedding. So, the <laughs> one I did, I don't know if it was um, strictly Indian, but it was... Infused? Uh, yeah, so the bride was uh, Bangladeshi. Um, but yeah, they love Bollywood, um, and that was, so that ended up being like, um, is it Hindu and, and, um, no, no, it was, they were Hindu and Muslim weddings. So that was a a big, and I I want to say, I think I've done like Jewish and Muslim which wow. most people wouldn't expect you to ever see, but I've done it. Not at all. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I've done That's um, cool. Jewish weddings where we do the hora, and I've done Greek weddings where nice. the guests from Greece will not dance to anything that isn't Greek, and the people who are not from Greece won't dance to anything that is from Greece, <laughs> and so you have to manage your dance floor in those constrictions. <laughs> and still, everybody had a good time. That's so, so cool. Um, but, yes, so I have done many different kinds. I will tell you that the same-sex weddings are some of the most fun. Oh, believe it. Because that group of people knows how to dance, yep. and they love doing it, and um, I don't know. Well, everything's I alternative get al- at that I point. get along with it, because, <laughs> like, um, you know, uh, LGBTQ mm-hmm. and dance music has been, like, you know, in the same in the same crowd ever since mm-hmm. the beginning of disco, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It, it goes together for some reason. But oh, yeah. It always works. It's always fun. Always have a great time. When um, everybody has to be happy at that. But yeah, but then that, and that reminds me that, like, people wonder, well, how do you mix, like, an American pop song with a, a Bollywood song? And it's like, when you start to get into music and you start looking at songs, that's not just the songs, but their, their basicness is what is their BPM and what is their key? Okay. If you know the BPM and the key of two Beats songs. Beats per minute, right? Yes. Okay. The, yep. the beat. The beat. If you know how fast it's going right. and the the key that it's in, right. you should be able to know, like... How to blend. What is the best way these songs will blend together? If it And because sometimes keys are very compatible mm-hmm. and sometimes the key is very incompatible. Sometimes a song is slower or much faster than the other one. So, can they be mixed together easily, or do you have to get find a creative song, creative way to play these songs one after the other? Right. And that's all part of it. But when it comes down, like, um, if I've got two songs that are like both 120 beats per minute, 
Um, but one was made by an American with like a very floor in the floor beat and one's made in India and it's got that, it's got a beat, but it's also got a lot of extra groove percussion. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing that says those two can't mix together. That's awesome. Like, I don't I know. Love that. It's a, basically that's where I start is yeah. BPM and kick. Can, how do I get all these songs together? That makes sense. Using relative BP keys, BPMs and keys to each other. I'm trying to think what's coral correlate. You know what correlates? What could what could make? I guess we. I'm thinking if you mix in color, like I was thinking style. Style. Okay. Like if you're mixing style, I would say just fundamentals. Like compositionally, Mm -hmm. it has to go to whether the contrast is either the color has to be like all those fundamentals of art have. Yeah, there's going to be fundamental things in them. Like the color wheel doesn't change. Right. You know what I mean? The the Camelot wheel, which is what you use for keys of music yeah camelot wheel doesn't change it eats, yeah. you know i mean it's either you know the keys camelot either work wheel. together that's a new thing yeah. i didn't know yeah so that's a way of looking at musical keys um every every key why is it called the camelot wheel Do you i know? don't know exactly is it because it's round it is round they had a round yeah. table. Yeah, it goes up. Ooh, maybe that's it. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why exactly, but I do know that it is round. Okay. And there, every key is... So in every, we have 12, 12 different keys, and every key has a major or minor. Okay. So, and every one of those keys works, and it has a certain relationship to another key. Okay. So some songs, like 1A and 1B, they'll always mix together. Okay. And then 1A and 2A, or 1A and 12A. What happens if they're on the opposite end of the wheel? The further you get away, uh-huh. the less good together sounding they're going to be. Which is weird, because like in, in I mean, I guess mm-hmm. it, it, it makes sense, but in, in colors, it's different. Because if you put two things next to each other, mm-hmm. that don't belong together, it, it pops forward more. Yes, like, you get like that blue and orange yes. or red and green. Yes. Yeah, I remember. That's what I. Re- yeah. That's one of the middle school yeah. art lessons I remember is the color wheel. But yours is different because they'll go together better if they're yeah. closer. Yes. Okay. All or right. uh, there's another trick. Um, there's definitely a lot of different theories about it. already here my next book okay listeners i've got something to share with you that i'm already in love with i don't know about you but i'm a total book nerd i have so many books a lot i haven't read i admit there's just something about having bookshelves full of possibilities that calms my soul so when i attended the bogota city tattoo fest this past august for the first time i was delighted to run into my friend ina vigilato we've actually had her on our show so go check that out Straight away, it was like God used Ina to guide me over to Black Dagger Books. There I met Travis Lawrence and Josh Rowan, the creators of this enterprise, and got hooked as soon as I saw their product. It's these beautiful little books just full of art, amazing art from amazing tattoo artists. From here, I'm just going to read what their site says. Black Dagger Books is an ongoing collection of artists defining modern tattooing, published monthly, one artist per book, one book per month. A subscription is $25 a month. You get inside of these beautiful books, these these custom stickers. Each one is filled with the most gorgeous artwork, and it always concentrates on these awesome tattoo artists, and I try to follow each one as soon as I, as soon as I open the book. I'm just like, oh, my God. So it's really worth it. Uh, do yourself a favor. Go over to blackdaggerbooks.com, or if you're on IG, Black Dagger Books, it's all one word. And check out their product. Uh, Like I said, the subscription is awesome and I'm really happy. Uh, This quells everything about, you know, the book nerd in you, the art collector. It also cures any guilt that you might have about having books just laying around because this gives back to the artist community. It's it's a win-win. And just so everyone knows, I'm not being paid to shout these guys out. I just genuinely love their product. And also, I really love them. You know, the creators, Travis and Josh, were amazing. They were so kind to me. They gave me so much of their time at the Tattoo Festival. So if you ever have the chance to meet them, talk to them. They're great guys. I just can't say enough things. So do yourselves a really big favor. Go check it out. Thanks so much, listeners. Let's get back to our podcast. 
Um, but generally, like, yeah, the close, that's the way it was designed. The closer they are together, these songs, because every key has a relative major or minor key. Oh. Like, C major and A minor are the same notes. They just start in a different place. Like, C major starts on a piano with all the white keys. Gotcha. C, D, E, F, G, A, B. C, gotcha. D. Yeah. I, w- um, I wouldn't know. Dude. Yes. But, and the, but A minor is the same white notes on the piano, but it starts with uh, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Gotcha. And then it starts. So A minor gotcha. and C major the progression the are the same. Gotcha. And then every other major and minor key has a relative. So hmm. I think that's where it starts. And some don't aren't exactly the same, but they're close enough together that they sound pleasing when mixed together. Right on. Um, and then some, like, I, the way I always look at it when I'm looking through my collection, looking at what song I want to play next, I know that I can go up and pretty much uh, I ignore A and B because A and B is supposed to be minor or major. But I ignore the, I use fuzzy key mixing. I know that I can go probably up three numbers, like up three or down two and have pretty good results. Okay. Or I know I can go up seven for like a whole energy switch. Hmm. I can raise my energy. Gotcha. Feeling going from one to eight. That makes sense. Or, and then one to eight is the same thing as, uh, it's plus seven minus five. So, yeah, one and eight, and then 12, 11, 10, 9, 8. Very cool. So, and then that way, like, uh, let's see, five plus seven is 12, mm-hmm. but five minus five is also back to 12. Anyway, I'm getting too deep for a, a podcast. But, yes, so I'm just, it's like a color wheel. There's a, it's a whole theory thing. You let me get nerdy. No, I, I'm I I don't have a visual, so that's yeah. where And it's... I'm probably not explaining it very well, but it's a circle. It's two concentric circles. One is A and one is B. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So you, you can either go from like one A to one B or like one A to two A or one A to twelve A. Gotcha. So and then once you get if you decide to go up to two A, now you can go to two B or if you guys saw his fingers three A or back to one A. <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting real. Well, no, no. It's really cool because. Um, it's like showing a video on an audio podcast. Well, and it's a lot of sometimes when I'm discussing things with people with tattooing, you know, when you're doing certain things, when you're dealing with a client, it's not really important that they understand what you're doing. It's just that they know that you are going to do it. But there's a lot of it's things. It's not important that they understand what you're Right. Doing. Right. And it's important that they trust that you understand what yes, you're doing. Yes, exactly. But it's really cool to know that there's so much thought that you um, kind of put into it. Yeah. Because, and it's it's the same. It's like, well, why is that mm-hmm. color there? Because it has to be there. Yeah. Like, that is the only color I could think of. It's because I'm passionate about it and right. know the way that I feel it should be done. Right. And I like to think of how do I make things better, not just how do I do it good enough. Right. Well, and it's also a, a buffer so that if anybody asks you why, you have a reason. Yeah. It isn't arbitrary. You didn't mm-hmm. just throw it in there. You might not agree, but this is the reason I did it. Right. And I think that lends to it because mm-hmm. anytime that I've learned, say for like uh, art genres that just by looking at them, I, did, I didn't really relate to them, mm-hmm. have a visceral response. But in learning about them mm-hmm. and knowing why at that time period or that artist, why they actually did that and what the motivation was. Mm-hmm. I then was like, oh, I don't okay. think I want one of the water cooler or water, not water cooler, water, what's it called? Water, water paint or water? Watercolor? Watercolor? Yes. Is it, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'd want one of those. I don't yeah. know if I understand it, but I'm sure it's important and makes sense to somebody else. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. There's something for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a very. And just because it's not for me doesn't mean it's not for somebody. They're light paintings. Like, mm-hmm. they're not, um, they don't have the depth of a lot of other paintings. So, mm-hmm. they're they're better for sketches. They're mm-hmm. better for things. They're kind of punk rock, mm-hmm. but in a very uh, <laughs> choreographed tea time kind of way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's people going out in, in like, nature mm-hmm. and taking something that's accessible. You don't have to, mm-hmm. like, set up these huge e- easel kind of things. You can just have 
a pad of paper and this little itty bitty palette mm-hmm. that you can usually like use like you could use a puddle mm-hmm. to like you know you utilize and make something with so it's very accessible and very mm-hmm. um slapdash if you will even though um you know some great watercolors have come of it but like there's depth and richness mm-hmm. to like an oil painting like there's a lot what about uh, i think i was thinking the watercolor tattoos oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Like, that's a whole other thing, too. Like, um, watercolor tattoos, um, they, ha- like, it depends on how you do them sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to ask people, do you, want, do you want drips? Do you want splatters? Do you want things that imply that it's, you know, like, there's this faux painting that we're doing mm-hmm. almost. Um, and then there's some people that just, like, they think that I'm just doing watercolor tattoos sometimes, no matter what I'm trying to do. They're like, oh, yeah, that's watercolor. And I'm like, well, that's not what I was going for. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's the palette I'm using. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's the, the... Does it mean pastel? Yeah. I think that's what it is. <laughs> I think that's what it is. It's just like the color choices. All do you right. mean like Easter eggs? Because that's pastel. Well, and that's the thing. is like when you break down the vocabulary of some people like mm-hmm. and what they want. Yes. I want those 3D that's... tattoos. What does that mean? Do you want it to be raised? Yes, there is. Do you want to <laughs> have somebody come up and tell you that they want to hear, um, I don't know, they'll give you a lyric that's in the song that is not the name of the song. Yes. Oh, that's me. I yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have like, no they idea. They don't know what the song's actually called. They just know what the, the <laughs> line that gets repeated the loudest is. Yeah, that's me. And then sometimes you got to know exactly what song. And that's when it gets tough is when you don't actually know what song they're talking about. But it's not called what they're telling you it is. Right. Yeah. Exactly. No, I, I, um, that would be me. Yeah. Just... That would be me. I would be that client for sure. Yeah. So just... Honestly, I would just, I would let, leave it up to him. Like mm-hmm. all of it. I would just be like, listen, I would, I would, I would default to everybody else. It was my mom, mm-hmm. you know, I have to dance with, you know, her, my dad. And I would be like, what do you want to dance with? Yeah. In like, some ways that's I don't great, know. but I know for me, like I would much rather have them tell me what they want yeah yeah yeah. even if it leads to me having to explain that like listen all the songs you put on here no you're right are underground goth songs that nobody's ever heard of before right and like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i'm going to mention this because i need to ask you if you're trying to let everybody there have a good time right or or just you you. yes because i can play all the songs you want to hear yeah but i don't think all your guests are going to love these have a great time. I mean, it's like putting a symbol on yourself. Like, yeah. you know what it means, but if somebody else sees a symbol, mm-hmm. a symbol has power beyond you. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it takes on its own life. So, mm-hmm. I'm going to caution you because it's not going to be just you looking at it. You're going to wear it, but mm-hmm. other people are going to, you know, see it. So, it's the same. It's so cool, Chuck. I, there's a lot to it. I mean, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't dare... Um, downgrade it it seems like a a, a quite ominous task to dj honestly Mm -hmm. um i always did like weddings though like a lot yeah you're Um, having a party it's the biggest party you'll ever throw yeah and you get to hang out with people on the happiest day of their life yeah and if you you know doing it right you're helping them have a great time yeah it's very it's very rewarding in that sense and you get to hear people's stories and you get to watch all of them give their vows and like Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, and it's the same. I used to do wedding hair, and I mm-hmm. loved it um, because everybody comes in. They're taking pictures. You can really scale that experience. They're not wasted yet. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. <laughs> Hair's exactly. like the first thing. That's just where they start. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you note things about, like, location if you're doing it in the same place, which location's always different for you, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like... You know, in our salon, um, you know, just certain photos to take. Like, mm-hmm. if the photographer was there, like, mm-hmm. you know, come over here. We always had mannequin heads with, like, things. So I'd have the bride, like, put her head mm-hmm. between a couple mannequin heads. Like, it looked like she was, you know, disembodied as, mm-hmm. like, a fun spoof one. Um, there was just a lot of cool, like, shots that you could really have fun with. And then, like, you know, offer somebody, like, a glass of wine or things like that. Just joke around. It's, it's just... It's so nice when you can add levity and get mm-hmm. the, the jitters out of yeah. the way for somebody about that. Wedding is great because everybody's expecting to have a good time. Yeah. And that goes to, you know, what they say about life is like, it, 
everything is what you make of it. Mm -hmm. So when you start out with an optimistic outlook, it, I feel, makes things turn out better. When you start your day thinking, like, we're going to have a good time today, you're going to probably have a good time today. Oh, yeah. Well, and I, I, uh, I, I think that's true if you're going into anything. I mean, for the listeners who are starting out in anything, like, you can't go into it thinking you're going to fail. Because mm-hmm. uh, then that's a non-starter. Yeah. You know, you should not... go into it thinking, understanding that you are going to fail. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Because yeah, you're you know, not going to learn how to get better until you fail at yeah. something. Or just, you know, yeah. fuck it, let's let it go. Like, mm-hmm. just let it go. Because I found that, like, a lot of a lot of stuff is just like, I don't know exactly how this is going to go. But mm-hmm. like you said, in experiencing people, most people... Everybody wants, that's what I learned in public speaking, people want you to give a good speech Mm because nobody wants to sit through a bad one. Yeah. So everybody's going and sitting down with the same motivation. It's got to go really badly for it to go really badly. Mm -hmm. So if everybody's coming to it being like, okay, I'm going to talk and then you're going to listen. Like, I'm going to listen and you're going to talk and we're all like here under the same like guys. Most people are rooting for it to go well. Mm -hmm. So... You know, I, I think that that's just something about, like, challenging your fears when you're going into something. Just do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And like you said, um, you know, really try to think about it in terms of, like, okay, this is what I've done already. This is where I now need to go because of these circumstances. Like, just keep going. Like, don't... Just because this one thing didn't work out the way you wanted. Like, you wanted to be in a band. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mm-hmm. you, you can't control it, you know? Right. I, I wanted to be a it's part hurting, of... It's hurting cats. I yeah. can't. I can't mind control everybody to do exactly what I want them to do. Yep. When I wanted to be a part of a studio, and I wanted to be like a second person. Mm-hmm. But it's turned out that's not my fate mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason. I, I've been pushed out of that, and now I have to think of a different way to keep going and doing the things I love to do, which... Again, it's just, it's kind of a blessing because I would think that you keep going, you're either going to get stale or you're going to get an ego or you're going to get something that isn't great. Mm-hmm. And I like that about um, being an entrepreneur and being, you know, finding that side hustle, even if it isn't yielding money at the time, it's mm-hmm. always lending new challenges that are really, really mm-hmm. cool. So if you don't like challenges, work a nine to five. Yeah. <laughs> If you love something enough that you're willing to go through the uncomfortable parts, I just can't imagine of, an open mic. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean for us it was like, well, we, you know, you want to play live and nobody else is, you know, no, and especially back then there was no YouTube, you couldn't mm-hmm. or a That's social true. media where you could share a, you know, a video. I mean, you could give them a video tape. But that could be good or bad. Yeah, it was much <laughs> harder to. Um, Show people what they would be getting mm-hmm. from you unless you like went in front of them and did it. And that's what open mics were really good for. Well, even with that, though, like when I put my, my cell phone up and I try to like record my dad playing, it sounds so great mm-hmm. when I'm with him. But like the, you know, the microphone of my cell phone does not register as good as my ears mm-hmm. or being in that moment. So you're recording somebody and you put it on YouTube, mm-hmm. that's that's just a, it's an echo. Like, mm-hmm. it's just a weird echo of what was there. So even then, it's it might not even be a gift to have mm-hmm. that because you have a bunch of amateur people recording and yeah. doing it online. It's like like me when I, now with tattoos, when I'm finished, you want me to take a photo? Let me, let me borrow your phone because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you're going to get a, you're going to at least get a picture I took. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have this, like, a reflection in your bathroom mirror and some fucked up angle with terrible yes. lighting, like with your cat, like, yeah. you know, leaning on it, like, yeah. you know, threatening to lick it. <laughs> no, no, none of that. That's not going to be the first image that you share with your crowd of this. Like, mm-hmm. and that's, that's kind of the benefit. And it's like, also protecting your brand. <laughs> yeah. So you're not going to say, here's an Amy tattoo. Right. And then it's like, but why is it backwards? Because you took it in a mirror with you your front-facing camera or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep, exactly. Now, it looks weird. It's like, I don't know why it's wrong, but it just ain't right. I don't know. 
I wanted it this way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that's, I mean, I, and and for that reason, same thing with comedians, why they deny people recording their shows, apart from mm-hmm. it being a, a commodity, but also it can be clipped up and, and made in different ways. Mm-hmm. Well, a big thing about comedy is you, you got to tell a joke more than once in front of different yes. crowds. Because, I mean, they call it workshopping, but mm-hmm. they're always working. And he decided that night, let me tell this. I have this idea for a joke that I would think would be funny. I, I'm still looking for the funniest way to say it. Because yeah. that's the thing about... Because comedians have uh, every word in the language they choose to speak in to choose from to be able to get this idea, this funny idea they had to... Yeah. A way to translate so other people to understand why it's funny. Mm-hmm. So they have to choose which every which word to use and in which order and it takes a lot of crowd and like you say like you're in front of one crowd that crowd that live crowd you only get to try it once in front of them yeah exactly uh and then if you want to if you think you can make it better you're gonna have to try it again another night in front of a different crowd right um but yeah that's why they don't want you to record it because they're still working on it yeah it's the same reason a band wouldn't invite you into their rehearsal studio when they're still writing their new album right because they haven't finished it that's not you know what i mean you want they don't want to give you a inaccurate representation Mm -hmm. of their art yeah absolutely absolutely i don't know i feel like well we've talked for about two and a half hours oh wow <laughs> Jen's fading. Yeah, I can. I know she is. <laughs> I don't even have to look at her. Jen's talking. Jen, we're up at a at a at a concert last night. Yeah, we, we were kept out up very late. We were out in DC. Where until we were out until at least four. Thank four. That was New Year's Day. New Year's Eve. I had a wedding to DJ, and so I didn't get home till three. I don't think we got to bed till like yes. five. So that's two very late nights in a row, and now we got to do our dumbass day jobs tomorrow morning. Well, and Damn, what time in the morning? I mean, honestly, whenever we feel like starting. That's, that's good. That's basically wow. how we both conditioned our co-workers to expect us. That's <laughs> good. <laughs> but the earlier I get in, the earlier I can leave, so. Well, yeah. I was going to say that that kind of lends, again, like, this hasn't stopped you from experiencing music uh, in mm-hmm. another way and, and having the kind of dedication necessary to it's hang be- and, yeah. you know. But music has become <laughs> the thing that I've realized. It's, everybody should find the thing that they can't not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't not be into music and can't not want to play instruments. Yeah. Or something like, you know what I mean? I can't not music. Yeah. Find the thing you can't not and do that more. Yeah. And Find a way to, to only have to do that. Because I guarantee you, whatever that is, there's a way to do that. Some people, I don't know if they don't have a can't not. Maybe accounting is their can't not. Yeah. But don't, I don't know. If people are looking, don't get stuck doing something you don't really love because you think that's what you have to do in order to make money. You can make money doing any damn thing. And there's so many people in the world that approve that. Just find the thing you like. Learn, find something you like sucking at mm-hmm. and do that until you don't suck at it anymore. And then keep doing it until people will pay you to do that thing for them. Yeah. And then, and then you win. Well, and what's next for you is that you're, you know, you're the top guy at your company is mm-hmm. leaving. Uh, yeah, there's a, a, a lot more opportunities coming for me in the wedding DJ world. Yeah. And so more DJing hopefully means less day jobbing. Right. Um, and this and is we'll see where that goes. Now you're third year in. My, yeah, my third year, I mean, my third year doing, like, a whole season. Right. Um, so I did, like, 32 events the first year, first full year, and I did 45 this year on top of a full-time job and traveling to different cities Damn. for that job. 2022 was very busy, but, yeah, so I am, I am, do I must be doing something right because they're giving me more, more opportunities to DJ weddings and corporate events and whatever. I say three years is, is when I feel like people really start kind of yeah. feeling a groove and getting yeah. into it. Well, yeah, 2019 was like that shadow year where I was yeah. going out with the boss and seeing how things were done. 2020 was supposed to be the big kickoff year. Right. I right. only ended up doing a handful in 2020, mm. um, but 21 and 22 were chock full of nuts. Well, in the background of 2020, you still had me bugging you. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we, I was still having a... 
I, I never <laughs> felt bugged. I enjoyed doing your podcast. No, I love it. Uh, and it made my my tools sharper. Oh, good. Like my editing and uh, I'm very kind. You know, thanks to you, I know that I can I can do the job of putting together a podcast. Um, it called upon. So I appreciate that. I had no doubt in the beginning. I didn't even know where your qualifications were. I was like, somebody wants to help us? Yes. (laughs) Please, God. I don't know. Yeah. It was raw, but it was there. And I was like, you know, I mean, selfishly, I'm looking for something I can do to show showcase myself. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. It was it wasn't altruistic. <laughs> well, I just thought we could benefit from each other. So I'm glad it all worked out. It, it was both. Yeah. I don't think that you need to negate one for the other, but I, I'm the same way. Everything mm-hmm. I do has kind of like um because it's the spirit of things, mm-hmm. right? Like you're what if you're doing something that's altruistic and selfish, you're onto something. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. doing something right. Right. Well, because it, if it brings joy to you, it'll bring joy to other people. Yes. Like, it just will. Mm-hmm. There's, if you, if... Yeah, whatever you do, there's going to be some other weirdo enjoys the exact same thing. Not right. everybody will. Right. Like, in, in bands with music, not... Not everybody loves the Bee Gees. Or what was the, the quote from Wayne's World? The Beatles didn't write songs that everybody dug. They left that to the Bee Gees. Yeah. Like... I don't know. No, it's um, true. And you can tell when somebody doesn't like to do it. And, yeah. And I don't care. Uh, that's what passion is. You, yeah. You, I don't care know. what service it is. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't enjoy working or even, I don't like giving my money to anything where the the employees or the people just don't feel like they're having a good time. Mm-hmm. Like, why? Why are you mm-hmm. here? So... I like I like everything you brought here, even the nerdy parts, because I'm gonna look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really cool. Yeah, I think it's neat because there's all that in the background of what I do too. Yeah, I'm sure of it. I yeah. think everything in the world is yeah, accounting, yeah. Yeah. Uh, stock trading. Yeah, conventions. You're Con- gonna go to conventions. That's I'm looking to start going to DJ conventions this year. I want to too with podcasting. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm not gonna make the one because I think it's. At the end of this month, mm-hmm. there's a big one that I was thinking about it. But I want to look into podcast um, conventions because yeah, I do think that will it's scale It's this whole it. last thing. Now, I love yeah. that podcasts have come along. And, like, uh, so there's a, uh, a football podcast about, you know, the Baltimore Ravens that I just started listening to. Really? And they are people that used to work in regular-ass media. And then through whatever circumstances, they don't work for the regular media anymore and now they have this podcast oh wow and i love that podcasting is like like the uh, like old radio and tv and old media they haven't figured out yet that they're not they're not the thing that people love the most anymore like joe rogan gets more viewers than like anything on cnn yep you know what i mean and like i don't know Uh, i love that about podcasting that it's just it yeah People More wanna, people are listening to podcasts than turning on a TV, which I think is awesome. People want to know people. Yeah. Like, I don't think anybody really likes the idea of a celebrity anymore. Yeah. Like, the, I mean... Because we wanted to believe that those were the... You know, we wanted to believe that person was who they portrayed to us. Mm-hmm. And so many times we've been forced to learn that those people are not what they, the person they put in front of you. Right. And people don't like that. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. They want to, you know... They want to believe they're looking at the real thing. Well, and, and media has done itself no favor by um, choreographing stories mm-hmm. the way that they mm-hmm. want to. By trying to control the real story yes. Yes. and making it not real. Instead of just giving us the news. Yeah. Just give us the news. Um, <laughs> like, that's it. Like it's, it's that I like the meme with, um, uh, I don't know which comedians are, but it's the one where the, the one guy's pointing the gun at the, the other guy's head. We're pulling the trigger and then looking at it and I'm like, why'd you do that? Like, and there, that was not a very good explanation. But it seems like the media tried to uh, present their narrative and then were confused when people didn't buy it. Yes. And you know yes. what I mean? It's like, why are you confused? This is exactly what you should have expected. Right. When exactly. you're being fake, people are going to know you're fake. Yep. Exactly. That, there's nothing wholesome yeah. about it and... Um, the, the only reason why people tune into the news is because mm-hmm. they want to know how to better connect with their fellow human. Mm-hmm. And it's not like we just figured this out. You can go no. back and watch the movie They Live, starring the great American Rowdy Roddy Piper. 
don't think I've seen this movie. You ever seen They Live? I do not oh, think I've seen it. Oh, you would appreciate it, that. especially okay. in these times. Check okay. that out. Okay, but it live. has that. You'll see when you watch. I'm glad that you put that out there. Yes, I can watch it. I mean, it probably fits in the B movie. Like, if you're a movie snob, like you'll probably like it less than I did. But I don't think it's any less culturally relevant. You should watch. That's all I was watching um, recently. Because like, is it old? And I'm like, uh, not older than us. It's got Roddy Roddy Piper in it. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's what it is. It's like 80s, 90s movies. And yeah. he's like, it's old. And I was like, I mean, it's not CGI to all hell. But yeah, yeah. it's it's got good plot and mm-hmm. and um, a budget that isn't, you know, mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good, good acting. So mm-hmm. I, I'm going to check that out. They Lived? They Live. They Live. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to check that out. That's a good one. Any final things that you want to put out there? Um, I don't know. I guess... My- how do you like to get contacted? Uh, I mean, I'm only really social media wise. I'm I have a Facebook, but I'm really only checking Instagram at DJ Chuck Nunn. Okay. Ask me um, if I'm gonna post anything anywhere else. It'll it'll be there too. So. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Right on. Mm-hmm. Oh, and if you want to book me your wedding, you should look up my DJ, m y d e e j a y dot com. Awesome. Um, and if I'm not available that date, everybody on the team is. Uh, worth your consideration or they wouldn't be on the team yeah at my DJ is how you book me I like that mm-hmm. and um, do you still put stuff on your SoundCloud or no sometimes if I do I'll I'll talk about it on Instagram too so okay yeah. so that's the hub <laughs> if I ever do yeah. alright well just so everybody knows Chuck's uh, intro and outro uh, it's January uh, 10 I believe is the number yeah and that yes. was from January two years ago because I don't think I did Last year. Yeah. Uh, I might do a couple... I'm going to try and do more jams this year than I did last year. Which is super so. cool because it's much like the Inktober for us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. coming up with a jam, a something, yeah. some kind of musical creativityness in January every day of the month. But, you know, obviously it's the second and I haven't done one yet, so I probably won't make every day this month. I mean, but, you're kind of busy. Yeah, yeah. But I am <laughs> feeling uh, very inspired after uh, the show I saw last night, so... Fantastic. I'll I'll try and do more things. And like like I said, I didn't do any of it last year. So I'll try to do more of that this year. Well, I mean perfect. This podcast will go out mm-hmm. and that'll give you further incentive because mm-hmm. people will be like, Hey, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hold me accountable. And that's another thing is that the January is come you know, get together with a a community around it. Yeah. Keep each other accountable. Absolutely. And it's fun to have people, you know, join in that. Mm-hmm. Um no, I, I really love it. And I, I love our intro and outro. So it'll have yeah. to be something really special to... Rico's been trying to like fuddle around and stuff with uh, his guitar, but mm-hmm. we haven't we haven't landed on anything we can compare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's staying. <laughs> I will say I did use the old one for the black box. Because um, okay. I did a, a anonymous the one. The black box stuff, you should make like a creepy song. Well, no, the first one but was yeah, it's pretty It's more, very much more tension. Yes. It. And uh, the one I made for you guys, like honestly, that was a bunch of loops that were in GarageBand, and that's the way I put them together. Oh, right on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's not very... super original or artistic, but there's an art to putting a bunch of samples together to sound yes. good together. Well, and at this point, it's just something that I kind of expect. It kind of makes me feel good. So yeah. I know that's got to be in the right. listener, yeah. you know, mind too. So that's what you want is that hook. But yeah, it just felt like the, the anonymous one felt more like um, dark. Yeah. Or just like we're building to something or that like this has a tension to it. So yeah. I felt like that was more appropriate. Yeah, yeah I think it was... Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I think it was yeah. a, mostly a bunch of samples. There might sound be sound like a European soccer match. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of samples. There might have been something I played in along with it. Um, but it was more upbeat. And yes, I, I do like yeah, yeah, that. that. That was definitely when I went to make it. That's the vibe I was feeling. Mm-hmm. No, uh, it's good. Got them really playing good. fucking uh, FIFA? winning eleven. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. All right, well, thank you, Chuck. Thank you for having me. Oh, was, no uh, problem. a good time. It's thank been much the, too long. Thank you for the meal. Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah, we, we try to feed when we can. We appreciate it. <laughs> and thank you, Jen. You're True awesome. <laughs> Typically, I don't end three-part series with a closure, but because this is Chuck, I wanted to end with thank you, Chuck. 
I don't know if I could have done any of this without you. And I want you to know how deeply, deeply thankful... <laughs> Just going to leave that blooper in. How deeply, deeply... Why can't I speak? See, this is what happens, folks. You don't know how many recordings I put in to any of these. It's, it's infuriating. I'm going to leave it in just for posterity. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. And I love you. Thanks, diary listeners. And thank you, Chuck Nunn. Thanks for listening. You can find the Apprenticeship Diaries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our IG is the underscore apprenticeship underscore diaries. If you would like to offer constructive criticism or an interview, drop us an email at theapprenticeshipdiaries at gmail.com. We We look look forward forward to hearing from from our our listeners. listeners.